0: about adaptability intelligence as a key leadership skill. Rich Alderton, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast.
1: Thank you very much, John. Great to be here.
0: Yeah, it's a pleasure to be with you. You're joining us from the UK. I'm south of Salt Lake City in Utah. And today we're going to be talking about adaptability intelligence as a key leadership skill. I love the concept of adaptability intelligence. And of course, adaptability and the ability to to pivot and Adapt and adjust to the surrounding context is so important. It's always been important, but it's probably more important than it's ever been uh, as things are rapidly changing all around us each and every day. And so I'm really excited to explore this with you. As we get started, I wanted to share Rich's bio with everybody. Rich has run a 1 billion supply chain and been the CEO of multinational firms. On his journey from the shop floor to the boardroom, he noticed that regardless of position, most people resist most change most of the time. So he set up high performance change to help people permanently overcome their resistance to change. And I would say the same thing. My experience has been that most people most of the time uh, really do resist. Uh, As human beings, I think we like the facade of uh, predictability. We you know I call it a facade because I don't think it's real. I don't think we things are actually that stable or that predictable. we We like to tell ourselves that. Um, but the reality is it's not, and most people want to try to stay within that bubble and feel comfortable and secure. and it just makes it all the more difficult. When leaders and managers are trying to move change initiatives within organizations, it's one of the big reasons why so many change initiatives fail. So we're going to be exploring all this together. Um, anything else, Rich? You would like to add by way of your background or personal context before we dive on in further?
1: Oh no, no, I think um, I think that's more than enough about me.
0: Good. Let's let's go ahead and start with defining adaptability intelligence. You know, we we talk about emotional intelligence uh, and all the different. Uh, EQ, IQ, LQ, all, you know, there's all these different terms that people use. Um, so yep. tell us what you mean by adaptability intelligence.
1: Okay, great start. Um, so let's take that in two parts as it's two words. Um, if you look at the definition of adaptability, if you look at that up in the dictionary, it will say something like the ability to adjust to new conditions or to new situations, which is entirely correct. Of course, it's a little bit dry and almost entirely useless, in helping us in the real world understand how to become uh, more adaptable. So the the definition, the more useful, helpful definition that that I've defined it as, is a, a, a subject of three components. It's about having the curiosity to see the need or opportunity for change, to seize opportunities to manage threats. And then understanding that there is this need or opportunity it is a fine lovely academic exercise but if you don't do anything about that you know you're still going to get run over so then you've got to have the courage the courage to actually take a risk do something new do something you've never done before um that might fail and all of that is good. But if you decide to, and, and it takes you so long to get that courage up uh, and, and do something and, and put that curiosity to work, then again, if you're running along the tracks in the right direction, but you're not running fast enough, you're still gonna get run over. So it's also about having the velocity to turn. You You mentioned that word pivot. It's that ability to pivot quickly and the reason i use the word velocity and not speed is because velocity has that directional vector content so if you turn but you turn in the wrong direction you're still sunk so adaptability is about curiosity it's about courage and it's about velocity and the reason that people like myself i didn't term the i didn't coin the term adaptability that that came out about 2010 according to to research that that i can see we tra- tend to treat and I'll, I'll, we might talk more about this we tend to treat change as a logical linear business process something that is linked to the world of project management but actually human beings don't think that way we don't certainly don't feel that way and we don't act that way so we we need to stop talking about and thinking about adaptability as a business process and think about it as a form of intelligence because Contrary to what most people that I've ever encountered and talked to about this stuff, adaptability is something that can be learned. We tend to think that our adaptability level is fixed in stone, that it's a gift given to us, you know, at birth, inherited in our DNA, because we can't remember the last time we actually changed our attitude to change itself. But the good news is nothing could be further from the truth and and anybody can become more adaptable if they want. So when we understand that, you know, if you define intelligence as the ability to acquire and apply knowledge, well, it's entirely possible to acquire and apply knowledge about becoming more adaptable and changing the way that you think, feel and act in response to change. And all of that is a very long-winded way of saying... That's why we call it adaptability intelligence.
0: Yeah, well, I really like that. And and clearly, that's the world we're in. And so it makes sense that adaptability intelligence should be one of those muscles that we're building and stretching on a regular basis that we're developing uh, so that we can be more effective managers and leaders. Um, so tell us a little bit more your thinking behind why adaptability is such a crucial leadership skill and competency in the modern world of work.
1: Yeah. Well, look, I'd love to tell you that that this is a complete insight um, that I came up with myself and I'm the first to understand that adaptability is so important, but of course, nothing could be further from the truth. And it's more than a decade now since uh, HBR um, identified adaptability as the new competitive advantage. And yet, Here we are in the next decade now, and still it seems that most organisations are not getting to grips with adaptability. They don't understand what it is, and they're certainly not doing very much about it. So the question is, how do organisations go about preparing their people for change? Overwhelmingly, they either do the just do it, um, which is... Brilliant, because it requires absolutely no planning, no communication, no thought about the person whatsoever. And the only advantage is that when it fails, because you've done no planning, failure comes as a complete surprise. Lovely. The other way, the the proper way that organisations go about it, which is good as far as it goes, but that's a point I want to make, is change management in all its various forms. Um, You know, start uh, and we only need to look at uh, Cotter's classic eight step model um, to kind of hang all all change management off the idea that you need to look after people through projects, not just the hard stuff of project deliverables, milestones, Gantt charts um, and and budgets and all of that um, other stuff that project managers need to worry about. Here's the problem, though. Projects and change management that they're associated with are really good at changing what people do. They're really not very good at changing how people think and feel about change itself. Somebody who has been herded from one field into the next by a project manager, by a change manager, almost certainly doesn't want to be herded into the next field any more than they wanted to be herded into this one. It changes what you do. It doesn't change your attitude to change. And it only prepares you for planned change in a world where, as we've all seen in the last two or three years, you know, the war in Ukraine, COVID-19, there is more and more unplanned change coming at us. So if the only tool you are using today is project management and change management to change your, prepare your people for change, then there's a whole sector there that isn't going to work. Oh, and by the way, sorry, I'm on my hobby horse now. But on, by the way, just think of it this way. If you only prepare your people for change at the point that change is happening, then by definition, you are behaving tactically. You are yeah. only dealing with something on the battlefield when it is happening. You've had all this time to prepare your people for change. You haven't done it until you need that new IT system or that new product introduction or that org, that org restructure. And you are effectively then behaving tactically with the organization's most strategic asset. So just on that level alone, it doesn't make any sense. We need to not embed change in our projects, but in our culture, in the way that we think Mm. and the way that we act.
0: I, I completely agree. Uh, I think I think it's a, you know, you go back twenty years and all the the main change management models, um, very systematic. And I and I like systems and processes, and it's good to have those things. And there's a time and place for those things even today. Um, but yes. to your point, it's about shifting mindsets and it's about shifting culture uh, that will ultimately change the behavior uh, that will allow for things to to happen more organically and rapidly. Uh, and so the, the problem with I, I was just doing an exec ed training a couple of weeks ago and we were talking about some change management stuff and at, at one point, one one point um one of the the participants a uh, CEO uh, of a of a tech firm they just you know pointed out they're like well wait a minute everything we're talking about and they kind of just reiterated what you just said and they said but 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 how does this actually help us to just be proactively constantly engaging in in adapting and changing and iterating and and uh, moving in in the direction we need to go, um, so he kind of stole my thunder a little bit because I was getting there next. But but uh, he he went there and he asked the question. I'm like, you're right. I mean, there's a time and a place for change interventions. There's a time and a place for those kind of formal processes. Um, but in the modern world, uh, that is ch- where ch- the the rate and pace of change is just increasing exponentially, uh, and not just socio cultural, economic, political, like all the external contextual factors but like technology and the systems that we use within our organizations like everything is changing so rapidly uh yeah. that it, it's gone are the days that we can just think about you know once a year once every few years kind of thinking about where are we at where do we need to go let's like initiate a change process like no it needs to be embedded in who we are in our dna in our culture so that we can be constantly doing it uh and if we can't get there we're constantly going to be trying to play catch up we're constantly being reactionary instead of proactive and really strategic and like you said tactical uh in in our approach and and that's just going to set us behind
1: yeah there was a really important word i agree with everything you said but there was a really important word you said in there which was mindset and, and who believes for a minute that putting pushing people through projects actually changes their mindset if you just think about it from that simple point of view then you start to realize that actually change management is really good at what it does i am not saying we should give up on change management the statistics over the last 30 years prove that it really helps deliver more projects on time on budget even though the stats are still pretty bad they're much better when you use Uh, change management. What I'm saying is, wouldn't it be so much easier for those project managers and change managers if the people that they inherited, the the people that they were trying to unfreeze, move and refreeze, already had an adaptable mindset where they were open to the idea of change. The resistance that organisations feel today is not entirely rational. It's almost entirely irrational because most companies come up with good ideas that are still resisted as bad as as much as bad ideas. And the reason for that is because people aren't resisting your change, your beloved new IT implementation. That, that you know, I'm a consultant, so I'm duty bound to use the iceberg metaphor at some point in my life. And here it comes. You know, what they're what they're doing is they're only addressing their bit of the iceberg. It's all of that innate, deep-rooted um. Fifty thousand year old resistance to change because we see change as a threat to our security, and that drives fear and anxiety. These are the things we've got to be dealing with. Talking about how brilliant this new IT system is going to be, that doesn't it doesn't even register in the mind because we haven't got past all of that adrenaline that people are feeling. You know that shuts the brain down from active thought um, and just goes straight into fight or flight mode. You might as well be going blah, blah, blah um, with all the rationale and brilliant talking and and communication that you're doing. What we've really got to do is get under the surface and, and deal with people's inability to deal with their fear and anxiety. If you can help people control their fear and manage their anxiety, and there are brilliant ways to do both of those things. The American Psychological Association says that anxiety is highly treatable. Now, we're getting better in the Western world at at, at dealing with this and talking about this stuff. We're still afraid to talk about fear, though. We're still walking around in a little bit of a cloud of testosterone here, gentlemen. Um, But if we can deal with these two things um, and get people out of their own way, then we can start to see change for what it really is, which is the best chance any of us is ever going to get to find out what it is that we can really do to make a difference and and self-actualize ourselves, which is just a fancy way of saying realizing our potential the status quo is never going to be able to give you those things so when you start seeing even negative change as the opportunity to make a positive difference then you then that's the mindset change that that you mentioned john that that is so important as a concept to understand here
0: yeah, and I think we've all seen the difference. Uh when, when you have a team of people where you've worked on developing that culture, where you've <clears throat> excuse me, where you've fostered that mindset and how they react to the inevitable challenges that your team or your organization are going to face, you know, there's a there's a stark difference between that kind of a team and those individuals versus kind of the norm, uh what we typically see in most teams and most organizations. And I have to say, it's it's invigorating, it's exciting, it's energizing, uh, and it's just a lot of fun uh, for me to be a part of teams uh, when they kind of lean into it, when they embrace that. And it's just like their constant curiosity, their constant drive for learning and growth, um, you know, th- this idea of being a lifelong learner and just constantly trying to challenge our assumptions and to lean into the future, that, that just is so invigorating to me and those teams just accomplish so many things they're able you know no one has a crystal ball no one can see around the corner really when we kind of talk about it that way you don't really know what's going to happen but man it's it's those teams that are just usually way out in front um they often excuse me will leapfrog even other front runners um who become a little complacent because they're in the front and they feel like they're they're doing everything right and so it's just so much uh fun to do that and and I think even for that reason alone, uh, let alone all the innovations and all the cool stuff and the uh, the things that can come from adaptability, uh, I think just that alone to re-engage your people, to, to get them passionate about their work, to be excited about coming to work. I think that is a huge value in and of itself. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Uh, adaptability won't help you see the future at all. And I don't pretend in any way to to be a futurist. What it will do is it will give you the confidence to face whatever happens next. And and as we've seen, you know, from the global financial crisis through to COVID, how good are any of us at really predicting what is going to happen next? All we can do is mentally prepare ourselves for that, give ourselves, you know, the basic technical skills that we're going to need uh, as far as we can predict that but the most important tool in our toolbox is having an adaptable mindset that is ready already ready for anything
0: so at this point you know we're three years in to this pandemic or endemic however you want to uh, frame it these days Um, it, it upended our world. It shifted everything. Um, most people have seemed to cope with the pandemic. Okay. Um, you know, obviously there's been challenges and there's been mental health issues and, um, it's been a challenging time to be sure, Uh, but people have kind of adapted. They've learned to, to get through it. Okay. Um, why do you think most of us need to work even more on that adaptability though? I mean, it seems like people have kind of adapted or all right haven't they? So why is this continuing to be even more important?
1: Okay, that brings up a really, really uh, interesting debate, because have they, uh, I'm glad you put it as a question, have they really adapted? Because for me, there is a big difference between resilience and adaptability. Again, let's go back to our dictionary. Resilience is defined as the ability to bounce back for a deformed shape to retake its original form. It's what Palm trees do in hurricanes they'll bend with that extreme change for as long as is needed, um, and then, as soon as the hurricane is over, because of their flexibility, they are able to bend back um, and retake their shape and Most people I know have all they've wanted is for life to return to the end of two thousand um, and nineteen and 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 apart from this Big debate about hybrid working which seems to be you know one of the biggest tangible changes to to work life at, at least um most people just want things to go back to the way they were of course they never will um but that's really what people want the difference with adaptability is that it is about having the ability to bounce higher it is about taking that negative um event whatever it is you know they say you you really find out who you are when the chips are down and, and sometimes when when we are sent down in into you know the negative spiral and we're sent down into into the, into the the bottom of the valley, that's when we spring back the highest and the opportunity what an what an adaptive mind says is I'm not just going to bounce back here, I'm going to use that energy that uh, the universe has given me even though it's negative energy, and I'm going to turn it into more than I was given, and I'm gonna turn it into something positive. You know, there's that that story about um, realtors who when the housing market goes into a, a bust uh, down cycle, that there are those who go, oh my goodness, the, the world is ending. And there are those who go, this is brilliant because when the up cycle next comes, there's gonna be fewer realtors about, and I'm gonna clean up. It's that kind of mindset that can see even negative change as the opportunity to make uh, a positive difference. So no, I don't think the world has demonstrated massive adaptability. I think it's demonstrated fantastic resilience, but those two are different things.
0: Yeah, I I, I think that's fantastic. Uh, and it's important just to remember, like resilience is super important. That's another yep. topic we could really explore. Absolutely vital in the modern world, uh, but it is fundamentally different. And Yeah, the number of times I'm in conversations with individuals who just want things to get back to the way they were, um, which happens all the time. Like most of the conversations I have, (laughs) seem to have some element of that. And I'm like, what? What is this? Back to the way it was, you know? Like this, this supposed idyllic time that that existed previously like there have always been challenges there's always been um upheaval and concerns and there's no idyllic time actually um but we just kind of reflect back and just kind of because we're more comfortable we just kind of wish it was that way again the reality is uh, things are always changing uh nothing is ever perfect Uh, there's always challenges there have been in our past there are today there will be in the future and so uh i think just just Getting past that and not always striving to get back to the way things were, but to lean into uh, how things can be uh, is, is a powerful mindset shift and it can it can set you up for some really cool things to happen. I mean, the 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 truth about the future is that we don't know what's gonna happen. Um we can plan, we can, you know, have strategic foresight, we can do all these different types of things, but we don't know what's gonna happen. That's scary. Uh that you know, we like security, we like a sense of predictability. So we're it's scary when we don't know what's gonna happen. But the truth is when you don't know what's gonna happen, it also means that there's endless possibilities like anything could happen uh and yeah. so it doesn't have to be a bad thing it doesn't need to be scary you mentioned fear earlier it doesn't need to be something we're fearful about it can be something that we can lean into in terms of the and be optimistic and in, in terms of the opportunities and leverage uh these opportunities but that can only happen as we're adaptive uh and as we can uh, we can do that rapidly with velocity like you mentioned
1: so e- exactly to that point, one challenge I. Like to put to to, to leaders and, and CEOs that I talk to, is um, show me your strategy. Um, do you think that that strategy is going to be implemented as first written? And these days, nobody, nobody I talk to will say uh, yes to that. Everybody believes that some of the strategy is going to be irrelevant. Some of it will be emergent and come along the way, and some of it there won't be time for or budget, for whatever. Um, so then I say, well, we're in there is is the the bit of your strategy that prepares your company for the unknown bits that you have no idea what's going to happen to you yet, and then of course there's a bit of a pause. So my recommendation all always um, and to your listeners is make sure that there's something in your strategy that is specifically designed to give your people this skill set called adaptability because guess what? if you have an adaptable mindset and a culture of adaptability in your organization, then it will unlock their ability to do all of those other things in your um, uh, strategy more quickly, which means that they'll happen easier and more completely and at lower cost. Um, And then when the world does pivot in ways that you can't yet imagine... Guess what? There's only going to be one bit of your strategy that's still relevant. The only bit that you can possibly future-proof about your organization, and that is giving it that mindset that you talked about of adaptability.
0: Yeah, I love it. Well, Rich, this has just been a fantastic conversation. I know at the time I need to let you go, but before we wrap things up for today, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with the audience how they can connect with you, find out more about your work, and then give us the final word on the topic for today.
1: Okay. Well, well, thanks very much for the chance. Um, www.highperformancechange.com all of my contact details are in there i'm i'm on linkedin uh, rich alderton Um, and my final word on the subject would be adaptability is the one skill to rule them all um it will if you don't have adaptability you are going to suffer a derail of your strategy stress levels will go up and you will pull your culture below the line by the resistance of change that you will increasingly find as you drive more and more change. The really good news is, and what I really want people to take away, is that adaptability is a skill that can be learned. That's why we call it adaptability intelligence.
0: Lovely. Wonderful. Thank you, Rich. It's been a real pleasure. I encourage the audience to reach out and get connected, find out more about what Rich and his team can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week